Let's go, boys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. I'm yeah, no, it was meat. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't That's know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope you're doing well. Uh, special week for me. It was my birthday on Monday, 33 years of age. How did we get here? Um, uh, hair's grey But I feel young And I'm having fun So I think that's all that matters So yeah, 33 on Monday And the years are just flying by I remember when I was 29 I would park my car uh, In its car spot near work And then I'd have walk to work And every single day when I was 29 I would think about turning 30 In that morning walk that morning walk to work, it was like I was almost dreading it or something. Now here I am at 33, I don't think I think of it like that anymore. So uh, there you go. Today on the podcast, I've got Monty from the Delta Rigs. He's the bass player. Uh, he also does a lot of other stuff for the band behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. We do chat about that in this interview. We also chat about how expensive touring has gotten. Um, band's doing pretty well, like Delta Rigs, one of the bigger bands in Australia at the moment, but the pandemic has really uh, changed things up and cost of living, all of that. We have that coming up in this interview. We also talk about the time that the Delta Rigs toured with the Foo Fighters. Like, if there was ever a tour that you wanted to get your band on, touring stadiums with Foo Fighters, I don't think it gets any bigger than that. You can quit and uh, die happily. And they got to do that. Monty will tell us how that opportunity came about. It was almost like an audition for Dave Grohl. And we also talk about one of the band members losing their tooth while on tour in the US. Um, <laughs> oh, just think about how much that would suck. So that and more coming up right now. This is Monty from the Delta Riggs. Mate, it is so good to have you on here. When I was uh, getting this podcast together, I had you guys shortlisted. You were like at the top. I really was really? Uh, looking forward to have a chat to you guys. So uh, how you been, mate? Ah, uh, it was my birthday yesterday. So hey. I'm kind of um, just getting going right now. Like my brain's <laughs> my brain hasn't clogged into gear yet. But um, so was there a party? Not really. Uh, I had a. I had a, like a lunch with a, with a buddy and then my other buddy came over and we cooked this feast dinner here last night yep. and then kind of just kicked on till about two in the morning and it's been a very slow start. I just did my laundry. That's how boring, how bored <laughs> I am. <and, laughs> what I'm up to today. But uh, other than that, it's nice. It's a cool breeze outside. Hang on. Yeah. I might have to just quickly get that. I'm sorry. Is That's that right. right. What was that? It's a the buzzer. It's a, my passport. My passport. Ah, your arriving. passport arrived yeah. live on the podcast. Yep. Hang on. <laughs> hey, I bet you that's a first. You I got it. Get, I had to get that thing. Oh, of course. Have you got Have you got a trip trip planned soon? Is the band going overseas or are you going overseas? Uh, just got to book a flight over to the states. Yeah, but not for band stuff. For for pleasure. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got your passport. Um, Thanks, mate. And, and happy, birth- happy birthday as well. Thanks, buddy. I know. 
Get um, another year older. I let it go to the keeper. <laughs> I yeah, uh, I feel like I already know you guys. You, you do so much video stuff, Instagram. I feel like you guys were the most active band that I have on socials. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's kind of the new world, right? Uh, we try to make it less less forced as possible. I, I felt like we did less than most bands in the. Well, actually, it, like you know how there was a lot of bands doing and a lot of like artists big artists doing like acoustic shows and performances yeah. through, but it just, for some, I mean, it was all, it was super cool that everyone did it, but I just felt like it just didn't like it kind of, I would have rather have not seen it than that. So we tried to make do things that were a bit more um, live based or, or just a bit more fun and just to, you have to stay and stay relevant. Uh, like we did, we chose not to release any music during that time um, just because we, we are a big touring band really um as in like most people come to see us live so we couldn't tour it so we didn't release we released a couple of you know off cuts or whatever just to keep the ball rolling but um yeah we we we, we kind of enjoy it it's kind of hard because we're a bit older i guess it's like the whole tiktok thing is um hmm. it's like you don't know which side of the fence to go on on that with that stuff i don't know it's like it, it's like you're forced to do it because it's so relevant and um, but then it's like sometimes it feels a bit forced. I don't know. You said obviously you weren't releasing any music. Did, did you get any sort of like anxious tension there, you know, that you, you felt like you should have been? Yeah, um, a little bit. Uh, I started writing um, at my house with my, my partner, Jordan. She's got a home studio. So the Real Electric, which we just released, I, that started off in my bedroom as a, like a Vine-style grungy song. So it was kind of like a good way to kind of – Peel back and because we've been touring and doing it for so long, so it almost gave us a bit of a, a, a um a reset uh, switch. But yeah, and then it was it's just you just wanted to get going, and we did a few shows throughout, like between lockdowns. Um, that was smaller caps or whatever, obviously. Or we do two shows, so it was actually really hard. But it was like really hard to harder than it would have been to do a show. And now it's you know it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's great to be back out there. I feel like since you guys started in 2010, you've had the foot down. Like, but yeah, when when something like that, when the pandemic comes for a band that works so hard, and you sort of enjoyed taking a step back just during that period. Yeah, it was it was like it was kind of you got you know humans are so adaptive, I guess as as by nature. So the longer we didn't do something, the thought of then going back into it, something that we've known for so long and done so well, and and you know so much of it was like the anxiety came then. Yeah. Like it was like fuck. How we, we've got to go to get up to the airport with all our gear, and like we've just been at home doing nothing for two, you know basically a year and a half. So that was the harder, and then it just kind of everything seemed much more overwhelming um, when it started up again, you know. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was you know it was an interesting time for the world. I think it's like there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Strange time. Hopefully, it's all behind us now. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't even. Someone, someone just told me the other day they had COVID. I was like, what? Yeah, it's a, that's, it, oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit lame now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you haven't got that yet. What's going on? I, I'm always interested in um, in studios and stuff like that. I talk to a lot of people on this podcast about studios, and you just mentioned your home one. Uh, what's that sort of look like? What's oh, it's home really one? basic. It's um, I mean, it's pretty, like my partner Jordan Laser. She's a singer songwriter as well, and so she, it's all her crack. But um, Alex from the band has a has a pretty full functioning studio down in Abbotsford in Victoria, which is more, I guess, adept to to actually recording music, which we've done a lot of these new songs in there. 
I was going to say, you guys have the the one up there on a lot of other bands. Got someone in the band that can record you to that sort of standard. That must just be so handy. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, he kind of gets, you know, he ebbs and flows of wanting to do it. And I fully can empathize with that because he's also in the band. So we have an engineer, Rain, uh, Rain House, we've used on every, pretty much every album now um since the first one since hex and so he alleviates alex slash rudy's um kind of time on the tools itself but it is very handy when we just fly to melbourne and elliot and i will go in and be like just let's do some vocals or let's do some guitar parts or like it's just a, on the on the go we don't have to book something in and it is very it's a good little asset to have because Alex would have that side where he's the engineer or he's, you know, helps out your engineer that you've got, but he's mm. also in the band. Is there any tension there? Like, you know, you guys want the song to go this way, but his engineering mind is speaking instead of his, his, uh, no, his mind. I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. There's been like, cause he, he does, he does a lot of the mixes too. He mixes a lot of our stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of pull him in a few directions and he's not too stubborn. So it works well. Like he, he doesn't put his foot down or, you know, he's happy to change things when we send him feedback. But, yeah, it's kind of, as time's gone on, he's kind of tried to step away from that more. So we got Oscar Dawson to mix the last, um, the first single that we just released as well, just to give Rudy yeah. a bit of a break. Because <laughs> he also does it for a living. Like, it's his job. Yeah. He produces and records other bands. So when he's with us, it's like he just wants to be in the band. And the, and the recording's very, and tracking's very important, but the mixing can be very personal, can't it? For both sides of the, the fence, you've got the band who just want it to sound a certain way, and then the, the engineer is the one putting all the all the hard work in to make all these sounds and whatnot. And if you go, I don't like it, it can be. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's And it's like you feel bad sending little bits of feedback back and forth, like, oh, can you just try this? Or can you yeah. just... But for the most part, you know, as long as you're not really taking the piss, it's 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 a pretty kind of fun process going back and forth and just hearing it's like oh well how did he hear that there and not yeah. there you know it's interesting it's, a lot cheaper as well right yeah 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 <laughs> oh yeah no he still charges us he gives us mate trade so <laughs> <laughs> i was looking around on youtube um I try not to watch interviews of bands that I interview because I don't want to come up with the same questions. I always like to just let it let it flow but let I did it. see <laughs> I did see Elliot he said this he had this quote 2016 okay. he said we, we don't have any money we make music together because we're inspired how much have things changed since that quote <laughs> are you still broke or- yeah yeah man <laughs> yeah the music business it's it's like well going back to what we were just talking about earlier it's like touring and i mean this is like a common thread at the moment through all musicians that have been through what what's happened and, and getting back into touring it's like so fucking expensive mm. To just tour now, like flights of flights are expensive. Flights are cancelling. You need to read. It's just like you've got, you know, they they lowered the excess amount of bags you can have and the weight, so you got to pay excess baggage. It's like it, it costs so much more money than it did because, and then like you know, there's less staff and it's just like cars and everything's just so much. Yeah. Like, so yeah, we're still broke because it still costs, you know, <laughs> but we're still inspired. Um, yep which is the main thing. And we don't, you know, if you're doing music for money, I mean, yeah, it's great if you, if you get it, but you know, we've been lucky enough to, to be able to kind of do lots and lots and fund it via yeah. the band's success or, you know, ups and downs. But even if it's, you know, even with the break for three years of putting, you know, we still got able to do it 
and not, you know, kill ourselves at the time. So it's, yeah, it, it's, I would say that quote is still very um, current, current flowing. <laughs> it is a beautiful quote though. It's a good, it is. good quote because it is good. Like, I didn't even know he said that. What is the like, quote again? Uh, it is, we don't have any money. Yeah. We make music together because we're inspired and we love it. It's and very uh, good. It is. It is good. Mm. Good on you, Lee. Nice. Nice sentiment. Well, <laughs> hey, what, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying there is um is another good thing as well to, to get out there. Fans knowing how expensive it is for you guys to get around because I know that people on the East Coast, bands on the East Coast, they might go to Brisbane, they might go to Sydney, they might go to Melbourne, they might go to Adelaide. But going to a place like Perth, it's, yeah, it's we went, expensive. we did Perth um, a few months ago, but it was kind of like we got lucky because it was the day we got there to play was the day that they re- released all their restrictions because their restrictions ah. went longer. So like it was just, we sold both shows out just because we were the first kind of band to go over. It just so <laughs> happened that it all got released that day. So it that kind of was worth our while in a way. We took a, we took a punt and it worked, but yeah, it's, Man, it's just you know, and you see like I don't know, Santi Gold and 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 um an Animal Collective and big you know big bands that are touring bands and are just pulling their tours because it's not economically viable. Mm. Um, you know, all your crew and um, costs stayed the same, which is like fair enough because it's it's a job. And but you were doing lesser like less numbers at shows. People aren't buying pre-sales because they're worried there's going to can't. There's so much. Yeah. There's so many layers. Um, so the that is that so we, true. Oh, that is yeah. so true. Like I even think about tickets for any gig I want to go to, and I'm always thinking that back of my mind that there could be something that goes wrong. Or well, yeah, um, it's like you fork out the money now, mm. and then they postpone for six months. It's like, well, I could have just, I didn't need to spend that money now for this show. So yeah. now people are apprehensive until like we've seen in the last two shows that we've done. I mean, this is pretty real talk now. Pre-sales have been so slow, and then the day before and we you know you, that's what instagram you're posting making sure that people know you're actually in melbourne because they're like oh they're here okay well, and then the, the last two days it's just like yeah. ticket sales like tripled quadrupled like and, and then you totally- do 100 100 in the day because it's like yeah. all right we're going now we're here it's that's it's right because it's because it's close to the day now so you'll find you must must find over the years if you're comparing that yeah people are not willing to pay until <laughs> until yeah right there, i know right and it's but but you outlay so much money to yeah. go into yeah. state so it's like you've, you've got this ball of like anxiety building and like, fuck, is this going to cost us four grand? Like, are we going to lose four grand just going to Brisbane or, or you know, whatever? Because we have to fly everyone, put everyone up. It's a touring operation. So, yeah, it's very scary to just have faith that people will turn up, which they do. Is your job in the band to organize all this sort of stuff? It sounds like you, you sort of know. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty... Um, hands-on with that sort of the businessy side of it or like the you know I, I do most of that i'm like the boss i call i'm the un, i'm the unofficial boss do you like it yeah i do i work I, I work a full-time job and i work i do creative kind of i do weird things for brands and color yeah i've kind of got a weird like i can't sit still add yeah. type thing it's a superpower i call it a superpower it's not it's not something that affects me in in a bad way it's like I can just – I like three or four things happening at once. So it's it all works for me. Um, and I think the guys are pretty thankful as well because mm. I usually tend to pick up a lot of the shit slack that no one wants to do because I just don't want to sit still. <laughs> I, a lot of people look at look at big bands like you guys and they, they probably don't realise how much of – like the business side of things. You know, every every band is a business, isn't it? 
Well, yeah, you've got costs and you've got to do your tax and you've got to do all this. You know, it's all very mm. boring stuff when yep. when you strip strip away the Instagram filters and, you know, the shows. And that, that's all the fun stuff. And then it's like, all right, yep, you've got to pay people saying, sending you invoices to pay for this. And you're like, yep, cool. But it's all, you know, yeah, it's it's the thing. It's the kind of the ugly side that no one really wants to talk about. Oh, well, well, there you go. We won't do any more of the boring business talk. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Is this I, a financial I times? I, <laughs> I love hearing about it, though. I love hearing the inner workings of bands and stuff. But some of the cool stuff that I was looking at, you've opened for the Foo Fighters. Yeah, we did. We Insane. Sort of, when was that? 2015, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was like I'll never. That was like a pinch yourself kind of moment. We flew to that tour. We were in LA playing a show at the end of 2014, and it was like a club night. And there was like you know, it was a full room. It was they were there for a band for this other band. We were just got thrown on the show, and then yeah. we basically turned the whole crowd into like Elliot had one of the shows of his life. And the whole crowd, like by the end, was just loving. We really, t- it was like one of those shows where you like, no one knew who we were, then everyone knew who we were. Oh, nice. But Foo Fighters management were at the show. So then we got on a, had a full on bender after that show, didn't sleep, <laughs> had to take Elliot to his dentist because he chipped his tooth on a microphone, like in the valley, and it was fucking so hot. Anyway, got on the plane, flew, landed, and then got all these tweets, like these notifications saying that the Deltaries have been announced supporting the Foo Fighters. So I'm like, what? Like, I think we're on touring with the Foo Fighters and it so happened that it all got done while we were on the plane. Wow. They called up um, the promoter here and was like, well, you, we've just seen this band. We really want them. They're going to be great. They're great, blah, blah, blah. So they, whoever they had on got booted. Foo Fighters came in and put us on it. Um, no way. It was like, you know, right place, right time vibes. And then, yeah, we did that and that was awesome. That was like, I mean, I'm still uh, really good friends with Chris Shiflett from the band and obviously, obviously I saw them in Geelong um, recently and, you know, saw Taylor and two months later, you know, that tragic or even a month later, I think it was, it wasn't yeah. long anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of like, it kind of hit hard a bit cause we've, you know, had shared moments with him and, um, but the tour was unreal. Then it was like, it was like the first time we played stadiums and it was, you know, like it was, you really got a little slice of what that top echelon of Turing's like. It's mm. mental. Like we'd finish playing and just our guitars, people would be on stage that they'd, they'd take all of our gear on the trucks. We just, it was like, whoa. And then you go into catering and there'd be dessert bars and you'd, <laughs> you'd, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. That was like a once in a lifetime kind of, you know, if the 20 year old self in me knew that I'd do that. It's pretty epic. Oh, it blows your mind thinking about mm. it. I mean, imagine what that would have been like. No, no, no. It was wild. Before we move on, was, is Taylor everything and, and more that people say about him? He, you yeah, know, very fun. Life, great, very, great Yeah, fun. they all they all kind of are. They're, they're like, I mean, you've got to give it, like whether you like the music or not, they're like an incredible kind of entity. But, you know, they have a, they had a jam room, like a full-on rehearsal studio room set up at every stadium just in a room, and they're jammed for an hour doing like covers and all sorts of things like just an hour before they'd go on stage and then play for three hours. It's like they loved it and they were all in for it. And, and, and you just hear this music and you could see in there and they're all, you know, Dave would be on the drums, Taylor would be doing yeah. this, Taylor would sing and like they're just, they're just kind of warming themselves up. But it was, um, yeah, it was really ins- kind of inspirational to see that, like these, these dudes that are just that love it so much um, still at their age and still yeah. smiling. Obviously, they're you know they're wildly successful, and mm. a lot of that comes brings the smiling on <laughs> <laughs> and money. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. Do you like the tour life? 
Uh, yes and no. I mean, you've got to pick your battles, I think. I've always said that, though. It's not, it's not me just getting older. <laughs> Depending, like, you know, if you're in Melbourne for a night or, you know, it's too not. But if you've got a long, a long stretch, you've really got to, like, it's really easy to get carried away. Like in Europe, for, like Elliot was just on tour with Doplamin, um in Europe for like six weeks, and just like I was like, man, how do you how do you do that? Just mm. like this constant, like you're up, you you're in a bus, you're doing here, you're there, you're back in the bus, you're doing, you have a shower, you're drunk, you're doing everything. You know, it's just so it's it takes a a tough um, mental kind of attitude to persevere for that long. You find some bands they sort of wrap up tour and then go on another one. Like it's yeah, just, I don't know how I couldn't do that. I, I mean, I, I it depends on like, but you got yeah, it's like you burn people burn out now. I think I saw that Dave from Gang of Used cancelled their shows because they burnt, he was burnt out. They've just been touring, it takes its toll. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to um Pete from Angela's Dish. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Angela's I, Dish. Yeah. I actually, so I uh, I was talking to Pete and he brought you guys up. Um, Man, I haven't seen those guys. I, I saw an ad on Instagram for Angela's Dish, yeah. and I'm like, I haven't seen or heard <laughs> that name in many years. Yeah, so I had him on here. He brought you guys up. He was up. a bass player, wasn't he? Yeah, Pete's a bass player. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he brought you guys up. He said that he's like letting off fire extinguishers and stuff on tour, wild, wild times. They did that. Okay. <laughs> they, or are you I just mem- putting it back on them? <laughs> no, 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 no. They definitely did that. I remember it. It was like at this place called Loxton. We, it was. It wasn't the Delta Rigs. It was before the Delta Rigs. It was really. Yeah, it wasn't the Delta Rigs. It was another. It was like this pop punk band that we played in, and yeah, we toured with those guys, and we we're in some place in South Australia. And I remember walking out, and I think it was Pete had this like one of those fire extinguishers on our guitar player at the time, and he was covered in smoke like that. Uh... So, fuck you, Pete. <laughs> are they so? Hang on, are they actually a band again? As of is like, it Mick and Josh and like the same? Yeah, I think group? I think it's the same guys, but they sort of got ready to start playing shows in 2020, just as the shit hit the fan. <clears throat> oh, cool. Yeah, God. it was so weird that I saw a sponsored ad come up on. Instagram. I was like, holy, is this the same Angela's yeah, Dish? Yeah, same same guys, and they've got um a record ready but they've had the record ready for years like they've had it recorded and they've just never released it and oh yeah they're sort of talking about releasing it so cool sandy coast they, they remember that was like that was the era of like after the fall and yes. uh, some, something with numbers and in yeah. the gray in the gray and i remember that time that was a good time i remember the old we used to play the wyong uh youth center or something the skate there was yeah, a, yeah. Uh, oasis youth center that's it <laughs> we we played there so many times we used to, we were kind of like our band was big on the central coast yeah it's because <laughs> well i was i was actually talking the other week to the singer of kiss chasey and we were talking about <laughs> central coast i said i said whenever the bands would come to the central coast like a band like kiss chasey or like everyone would turn up and everyone would go wild and um he was like yeah, yeah it's sort of like in the mornington peninsula there's not really much to do <laughs> yeah that's true well we were from the gold we we're from the gold coast originally so it's a similar vibe so we kind of like got that's how we all got along i think but yeah we were in that kind of scene but a bit underneath we weren't that big back then but um they're coming back and doing shows and yeah. i've hung out with i still caught up with does when he was here in melbourne a couple of months ago and then yeah i'm gonna go see them at that good thing scene what was the band that you were in with him just after kiss chasey it's called fuzz phantoms never did anything but it's really cool it was um and then he did another one uh called white caves and now he's got one called daz and the demons yes he mentioned that. um and he's asked me to do some stuff with that with him when he comes out so i'll probably cool. jump on that he's yeah he's a great songwriter i've always admired darren he's very good at it 
It's your new single out. Yeah. Now, you've got so many songs, like fucking heaps of them. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I was, and what I do on podcast day, I sort of drive from work back to the coast. It takes about an hour, and I and I just go through as much of a catalog as I can. And um, was that today? Did you do that today? I, and yesterday. Uh, double double header. <laughs> yeah. So I've been listening to nothing but Delta Rigs. Um, What's your favorite this, song? I, I actually America probably. Oh yeah, you like that? Yeah, we were I like playing Amer- that on the last tour. Actually, we brought it back. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like America. That one's cool. But this new one's fucking really good. Thank you. I think it's really good too. <laughs> what, what, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, well, um, that was yeah. It's as I kind of explained earlier. I started. It was like this really kind of vine style shoegazy grunge because that's what I, yeah. I just kind of that's all I know how to do. I'm not very so I just wrote it with guitars and a bass and like a drum loop and. I played it to Johnny Took from uh, DMAs, actually, because he's a dear friend of mine and hate him and Ailey. He was like, oh, you should go Empire. You should just take this Empire of the Sun. And I was like, that's a weird way to take it. So then I took it down to Alex's studio in Melbourne. And I was like, let's do this. It wasn't even for the rigs. I'm like, let's turn this into something fun. And we did it and it turned into basically what the song turned out as. Um, minus a few lyric changes and, and production. But yeah, then Ruben from Peking Duck heard what we'd done. Like he was, we were in Melbourne and he was like, um, he's like, dude, this is sick. You got to do this. You got to do this. I'm like, why don't you just produce the song and just like work with it, work on it with us? He was like, I'd love to. So that that's how that kind of happened. And then we recorded it. And then, yeah, Ruben kind of went to town and he, he kind of went surgical on it. Yeah, mate, it sounds massive. It sounds great. It's, it's, it sounds really like fun and, bright and um has a really great kind of tempo and yeah we, we're, we're really stoked and the, the, the next batch of songs like we've kind of just gone like let's write some bangers so That's yeah it's kind of like a taste of this the next kind of few few months does anyone get offended in the band if you've got to cut out their bits <clears throat> no nah, we're pretty um cutthroat and pretty open and less not precious we're pretty good working we've been doing it long enough that we know where each other fits and and like kind of who get you know if there's a lyric yeah you know obviously Elliot's going to get he has to sing it so he's going to get the last say if he wants to change one but you know he'll keep some or he'll ask us for you know to throw in we just like we kind of collaborate a lot um the three of us album number five out in may is that is that what we're looking at no i'd probably be a bit later like june july okay. i think i think we've got like the next single will be out in hopefully before Christmas. We're just going to keep popping songs out. We hadn't released anything for two years, so we're going to super fast. We're going to, you know, and expedite. Like, so we're going to every every six to eight weeks, we're going to have a new single out, I think. That's the, that's the general plan. We've got a new one that's just, yeah, it will be out in December, then another one in February, then, you know, and then a tour of probably March. What's to happen? We're just going to kind of fire up the, the engine again and, you know, get people to, like, oh, oh, oh yeah, join the dots and all that fun stuff. Well, plenty of exciting things coming for you guys. So I'm pumped to hear it. Uh, and awesome. Keen to hear the next uh, single. Keen to hear the album and come out to a gig. Next Thanks. time we're up, you got to come out, bros. Oh, absolutely. I will. I will. It'll be awesome. All right, Monty, thanks for jumping on the podcast. No worries, buddy. Take it easy, man. See ya. This is Monty from the Delta Rigs. I really mean it when I say it. Go and check out The Real Electric, which is the band's latest single. 
Uh, it's some of their best work. And obviously, they've got a new single, as he said. I don't know the name of that one, but it's coming out in December. So that's really exciting, especially if you're a, a big Riggs fan. More music in December. And then every six to eight weeks from there. So that sounds pretty good. All right, time for this. Okay, this is the segment, the part of the show where you can write on in, uh, hit up the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. Alternatively, you can also press in the show notes if you're on your mobile. Uh, I have a link in there as well. This one is from Andrew Renfrew. For those of you who don't know, Andrew is actually in the band I'm in, the Ritzer Kids. Uh, he has been catching up on some of the podcast episodes. He says... Okay, two things. No one gave me a hug at the gig for the Swans losing. And two, let's do a Beatles cover. He's talking to me through the podcast, which is great to see. So obviously the first one that he's talking about in an episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, just before we played our first gig, I uh, told everyone to go to the gig and give Andrew a big hug because the Swannies got pumped in the AFL Grand Final. I don't know how he feels about me bringing it back up, but uh, they did. They got slaughtered, and uh, no one gave him a hug. So, look, that's not on me, mate. Hopefully you get a hug at our upcoming gigs. Uh, and to the Beatles cover, always happy to play Beatles. Even if we just turn the Ritzy Kids into a Beatles cover band, I'd be happy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be happening. As for the band, uh, we've got some big news, and I'm allowed to say it right now. This Friday, the 25th of November, we are appearing on Triple M Central Coast on the radio. We are playing a cover and an original song. So it'll be on about 8.45. That's 107.7. Tune your uh, radio dial to that if you still use the old school radio. If not, uh, you can get it on uh, a few of those apps as well. So, yeah, we're playing a cover and an original live. It's going to be sick. The 80s artist that we picked, because we had to pick someone from the 80s, is uh, one of the biggest of the time you'll know who it is and you'll know the song really well uh hopefully we do it justice if you want to come and check out the ritzy kids we are playing at the sunken monkey hotel on december 16 it is a week before christmas it's going to be a lot of fun we've also got a bunch of new little goodies that we're going to be giving out exclusively at the show if you want to grab a ticket head to the ritzykids.com that is enough for this episode. Hey, next week's going to be an absolute cracker. Don't forget we drop them every single Wednesday. All right, ta-da.